Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Welcome to another episode of Executive Matters on Africa Business Radio. I'm Bimbola Awoyale. On the executive seat for today's podcast is an entrepreneur, family wealth, and investment strategist. Her interest in financial markets began at the age of 13, and it grew into a passion when she began investing on her own for the first time at 17. Her experience of the tech bubble at an early age made her passionate about understanding the rules and strategies that guide investments. Titi Adeoye is the founder and CEO of Sankore Investments. She serves on the board of several companies and non-profits, including Centurion Registrars, Verify.ng, OneFi, and the Nigerian High Education Foundation. So, how would you describe Africa in terms of where the continent currently is, its potential, and where it should be? Um, that's an interesting question. Where we are, our potential, where we should be. Um, I'm a believer in the fact that I think that um, countries go through cycles. Countries, continents, empires go through cycles, right? So if you look around the world, you look at, you know, Europe, you look at China, you look at India, um, you kind of see also the cyclicality of pretty much, um, you know, just sort of regions and countries through time. So if you just sort of look at those general trends, you would actually see that you know, just sort of where we are is really the beginning of the cycle, which is what I find to be quite interesting. Um, so in other words, we're kind of at a point where we're really just coming out of everyone living in a bit more of an individualistic way, right? And we're now moving towards greater consolidation and so on. So what you find is that's the beginning of growth. That's the beginning of innovation. That's the beginning of all the interesting things that we've seen a lot of the other regions go through. So given that, you know, I, I think it's a great time to be African. It's a great time to be in Africa. And I'm very much looking forward to, you know, being part of that wave. But I think one thing to keep in mind, though, is that people think that these waves should be much faster. Um, but these waves are literally decades, you know, sometimes centuries long. So we can't expect anything to happen overnight. But it's really fun to be part of the process of building and hopefully, you know, our children, our grandchildren, uh, maybe even further along, will be the ones to benefit from what we do now. But yeah, um, I think the potential is huge. And with regards to where we're going, I do think that there's definitely 
potential for us to be really just sort of dominant players on the world stage. Okay, so in your industry, if you were to change one thing or a couple of things, what will it or what will they be? So my industry is, I mean, generally it's financial services, much more specifically it's the investment space, you know. So if I were to say um, the specific, you know, just sort of, filtering out what fits in there, I would say, you know, a lot of firms that are regulated by the Securities Exchange Commission, and that's a wide range, you know, so investment banks, investment management firms, brokers, trusts, and so on and so forth. Um, I think that um, if I were to change one thing, I would have us be much more collaborative. I think that uh, because of where we are, because of just sort of the number of things that we do, um, by not working together, we create a bit of a disjointed experience for clients. Um, I think if we could be more collaborative, come together a bit more, I think we could then actually, um, as an industry, you know, offer the kind of value that, you know, other uh, subsectors of financial services have been able to to, uh, to customers like banks and so on and so forth. So I think because, you know, we're, you know, much smaller uh, the scale is less. If we were to come together a lot more and work together a bit more, we'd be able to create a larger platform. We'd be able to, you know, just sort of build more confidence in our industry. Um, so making us more collaborative, I think, would be what I would want to change. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you don't mind, could you share with us the journey that led you to where you are right now? Highlights you know, of things that you went through that brought you to this point that you are right now in your career? The journey, okay. Just so we don't spend too much time, I think exactly. the short story is... Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the short story is high school. I switched from being a science student to more of a social science student. So my best subjects were things like economics and math and so on and so forth. So I always just sort of liked this idea of markets, right? So that took me to university. Um, so I went to high school, International School Lagos and International School Ibarra, actually both of them. Then I went to Howard University where I studied accounting, but, you know, just to, to get a job in the States really. Um, but that made me want to make sure I got back to my core, which was investing. So I went to business school after that. And then after that, went to work at Goldman Sachs, which was my first investment experience. After working there for a few years, um, actually a wide range of asset classes, but I remember being very passionate about about emerging markets. And uh, given that I'm from an emerging market or a frontier market, I decided it was a really good time to just sort of um, come back home and see if I could focus on that for for my career. So uh, moved back to Nigeria and, and um, you know, since then just sort of, um, you know, even though I did work at Zenit Capital for a little bit, but outside of that, I've spent majority of that time building my company. Um, yeah, so that's it. Short story. Very short story. Short version. Yeah. So we are living in peculiar times now. The word new normal has become part of our diction. Uh, no thanks to the coronavirus. Yeah. And there are lessons to be learned in every situation, no matter how dire, no matter you yeah. know, what it is. So yeah, what yeah. are some of the lessons that you think uh, we should take away from you know, what this period has brought us during this coronavirus period? 
That's a good question. And, you know, for me, I think um, only because, you know, people should be crisis ready just generally. So be crisis ready with your investments. A lot of things that have to do with your ability to provide for your family, provide um, and so on and so forth. Um, at the end of the day, it's quite predictable. Pandemics happen quite often. You know, you can expect about two or three per, per century. Um, in addition to pandemics, other things happen also quite frequently. Uh, market crashes happen. Uh, mar- market cycles are real. Um, and people don't pay attention to those large downsides when things are going well. You know, is being aware that these times do happen and making sure that your decisions, that the decisions you make create allowance for that. You know, so you should try and make sure you hold a diverse portfolio. If it's your career selection, you know, also probably try and think about careers. If you're an entrepreneur, think about industries that can actually survive bad times, you know. So just thinking about bad times in your planning. Actually, it's typical for human beings to not think of the downside as much. So we actually underestimate the downside generally. You know, a slight bias towards positivity is good for you for the long term, but it also can be a problem when you're overly positive in your decision making, you know. So just thinking about the possibility of this happening should change the kind of decisions you make. So take, for example, if you're trying to think, okay, I want to start a business and you're trying to decide between a food business and a beauty business, you know, I think coronavirus will teach you that probably food is a bit more stable. And so I think those are some of the key takeaways that I think people should take from this happening is that this kind of stuff will keep happening. All right, final question. What's your advice to the younger generation or the aspiring CEO? So with regards to just advice to the younger generation, and especially for those who want to start their own businesses, and I guess it also relates a little bit to what we were talking about with regards to lessons from coronavirus. I generally tell people that it's building a business, building a successful business boils down to two things. It boils down to working harder than most people ever want to work in their lives, but doing so and applying that to the right problem, right? So I think a lot of people you meet will say to you, oh yeah, yeah, working hard, I can do that, you know? So yes, you hear that it takes a lot of hours in a day. You hear that, you know, the average entrepreneur when they started their company was working 12 to 18 hour days, that is true. I, I think you'll see that a lot of people who have built successful companies will tell you that, yes, at the beginning, you do put in a lot of hours. Um, but I think one area that people don't focus as much on is the problem that they're applying that hard work to. So I always give people the advice that they really have to think very deeply about what type of business they want to create. And I say that because it's not every business that can scale. It's not every business that's supposed to scale. Um, But if you want something that will scale, you have to solve a difficult problem. So I'm assuming you're looking for a certain level of scale. And for you to achieve that scale, you have to solve a difficult problem. So it's, you know, putting a lot of effort in, um, but also applying that effort towards a difficult problem. So I think that would be my summary for young people. 
All right, thank you so very much. It's been a very, very interesting conversation, if I can say so myself. Uh, We really, really appreciate the privilege of your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time as well. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Until our next conversation with another industry captain, this has been Executive Matters on Africa Business Radio. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller. I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer. (laughs) Piano tuner. Or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal.